This is Influencing Insider, the weekly webinar that interviews Australia and New Zealand's best journalists about how they like to work with communications professionals. To view our complete library of episodes and register for the live shows, head to influencing.com forward slash insider. And welcome to Influencing Insider. I'm your host, Elliot Richardson, and joining us today we have Mike Woodcock, who's my colleague, and he's the Chief Commercial Officer here at Media Connect. And also joining us is uh, Louise Roberts, and she's a Managing Director of Sphere PR. We're doing a special episode today, which is PR 101. So I'm just bringing uh, Louise and Mike online at the moment. They should join me shortly. And if you can't tell, I am out of my spare room, and I'm back in the studio, which is a long time coming. Um, Louise, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, Dali. Hi, Mike. How are you? Good, thanks. G'day, Mike. Long time no say. <laughs> just down the hall. Um, so, Louise, if you can just give us a, a quick little bit of backgrounding for yourself. As you, as I said, you're the managing director there at Sphere PR, but um, can we know a little bit more about you? Yeah, so um, Sphere PR's been around, actually, we just celebrated our 16th birthday. So, um, a pure tech specialist, um, but also do some marketing uh, tech as well. Um, I'm originally from the UK and, um, you know, worked in quite a few big uh, multinational tech PR agencies throughout my career. So I actually started at BT, British Telecom, um, in the early days. And then, yeah, my, I've probably been in PR longer than most people on the call have been alive. So. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike, yourself, you've been around the block a little bit. Various yeah. roles dealing with PRs, uh, quite a lot of your career. Yeah, uh, so uh, here for here for two stretches now, um, and uh, in between uh, some years at PR Newswire uh, Asia, which was a fascinating experience. Um, I saw a lot of press releases across my desk in that time, um, and some of them were good. <laughs> <laughs> and some so, not good. So to get us get us underway here, Louise, what do you see as the most important part of that PR journal relationship? Um, I think it's really important to understand that um, the media and PR people, the relationship is mutually beneficial. And um, much as they like to um, criticise the PR world, um, they really do need us. And I think that, um, you know, just understanding, being honest with them and... Um, you know, and and upfront uh, and 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 friendly and polite. That's probably the you know one of the best things you can do. You'll need to build up a level of trust with them. So you know, you're not going to be your their mate from the start. But um, you know, if they ask you for something, provide what they um, ask for, what you promise, um, and just understand what their needs are, understand their publication and what they're interested in um, before you start pitching to them cold. And if you agree to provide something to them, make sure that you do it and that you can be reliable. The, you know, we've, we've had probably a, over 100 journalists on, on Insider and that's kind of the, the biggest feedback we get from journalists is, you know, it's a collaborative effort for anything. You know, it's, it's you'll give us the, the pitch and then we'll look for the story, but, you know, you've, if you promise something, you've got to deliver on it, and that always earns, you know, good credit with with journalists. If you provide something um, that they've asked for in a timely manner, then they're more than likely to to, to work with you again. Definitely, yeah, I agree with that for the, sure. 
before we go any further, if anyone has any questions, feel free to pop them in the chat box on the right-hand side because Salvatore is a regular and he's already jumped in. Um, he's got a question for Mike. He says, hi, Mike. You deal and have dealt with most PR agencies, large and small. How important are personal relationships in the PR world? And if you had one piece of advice for an agency, what would it be? Um, uh, I've, I've got some advice for users of agencies, and that's listen to your agency um, and listen to your rep. There's a reason that you... Um, that you've, you've hired them in the first place. You've got faith in what they say. So so trust them a little bit, especially when you don't understand something. Um, on the PR side of things, um, yeah, it, it, personal relationships mean a lot. Um, it, is a, it is a very busy world and there isn't always time to nurture that though. Um, so you've got to balance that that business professionalism and, and timeliness with, with nurturing a relationship. And the only way to really do that um, is to be consistent, work collaboratively, um, and it just happens over time. I mean, occasionally, you'll be lucky enough to meet somebody that you click with right off the bat. But um, like in life, um, as in business, these things are the exception, not the norm. So just be consistent, put in the time. Yeah, I agree. So um, Louise, what would be one piece of advice that you'd give in that respect? I'd say, you know, if you're reaching out to um, media, I would say try not to hide behind email, you know, pick up the phone. Um, I know it's really hard at the moment through COVID, people have not been in the office and stuff like that, but you know, try and pick up the phone to them and you know, build that relationship. You know, it's, it's great to be able to meet media face-to-face, -face, but even before COVID, those opportunities to meet media face-to-face -face were disappearing. But say if someone starts new at a publication or you're new to an agency or new to a client, It'd be good to introduce yourself, um, even if that is via email. Um, sometimes opportunities come out of this, you know, way of introducing yourself to someone, you know, and, and failing that, contact them through LinkedIn and, and try and connect through them through that way and um, start building some relationships that way. Louise, that, that's, that's exactly almost word for word what um, a journalist said to me um, at the last event that I was at um, in, in, in COVID land. Um, almost the last one before it all shut down. Um, <laughs> he said that a, a lot of a lot of PR professionals these days will hide behind a keyword. They'll hide behind tech, um, and they'll use phones or emails or things like that to sort of put a bit of distance between the, them and the um, and the journalist. And face-to-face and -face or a phone call, it, it can just cut through so much. Yeah. And, you know, and the other thing is make sure when events do start back up again, you go to them. So, you know, in the tech industry, we've got the Lizzie's coming up. That's a really valuable networking opportunity. And, you know, obviously any of the events that Influencing run where there's a journalist talking about what their needs are, that's a really good way to learn about that journalist. And you can then refer to that chat, say, I, I watched you on Influencing. It was very useful. You know, it's a really good way of introducing yourself if you don't know them. And uh, we've got a, another question, and this one's from Jericho, and they ask, for both Louise and Mike, uh, what important elements do you consider when creating PR strategies? I'll, I'll drag this to, to Louise. Um, you're kind of on the ground for this at the moment. Yeah, so obviously, um, you know, what one really important thing is to have a strategy because, you know, a lot of the time you get thrown into um, doing tactical things without there being a strategy. So obviously, you really need to look at what the objectives are and what... Um, who you you who you're wanting to influence, you know. So who are you reaching out to? You know, what what sort of job titles do they have? What 
what would they be influenced by? You've got to understand if it's a B2B strategy or if it's a consumer strategy, they're very different in the, in the approach for PR. So I'd, you know, really consider that and make sure that, that uh, you're prepared to revise the strategy as you go along because it doesn't always work exactly how you would expect. You might need to start off with the basics and then build as you go to be, you know, to introduce some more sophisticated uh, tools and tactics. So that would be my advice. Mm. Yeah, just that number one idea of having a goal, being absolutely clear on what the objective is, um, and then everything else is just building a, a roadmap between where we are today and where the goal is. And quite often when you're working in PR, you're not dealing with a single client. So how do you um, deal with managing multiple clients at once? Um, you have to, obviously, you have to have a, you know, we work with multiple clients, you have to have you know, several different clients in your head and, and know what they do and um, who they're aimed at and, and then who the multiple contacts are and stakeholders are within that client. So it's really just making sure you're up to speed on and you're really across all of the clients and what they're doing. Um, but yeah, I would say you just really need to be good at your time management and plan ahead and, you know, allow time for things like writing and uh, pitching and, and, and stuff like that and, and, and also reading. You need to make sure that you've made time to read uh, any news that they're featured in or any of their competitors. Mm. So that would be my advice is to just to take the time to understand what's happening in the industry and with that client. Mm. That, look, that's something that I hear most journalists say too is, is um, read what we write. You know, read, if, you, if you're pitching to, a, pitching to, a, um, to an outlet, if you've read extensively what that outlet's putting out, then you'll be well placed to know whether or not this client's going to be a great fit in that outlet, but not this one over here. This client won't fit in here or here, but this third one over here. If, if you do the reading, as you say, that, that just gets you ahead of the game. Yeah. Um, we've spoken a fair bit about relationships and pitching. So let, let's look a bit more at pitching at the moment. And for Louise, what do you see are the most important parts of pitching? Um, I think that... As I said before, you really need to understand what that journalist and publication wants and what they write about. Um, make sure that your pitch is relevant. So there's really little point pitching a B2B um, client to a consumer publication or, you know, trying to pitch a thought leadership article to a publication that doesn't accept them. Um, you know, as I said before, pick up the phone first if you can. If you've got their number, you pick up the phone first and pitch it over the phone and then follow up with the email. You may not have got hold of them, but leave a very short message and say, you know, I'm going to send you a pitch. Um, keep it, you know, when you're pitching, keep it simple. Keep it um, not too many acronyms. I know that the tech industry loves four-letter, three-letter acronyms. Um, try and not to have too many of those. You don't assume that the media know what very highly technical terms are. So you've got to try and make it quick and succinct. Um, so, you know, We've got cybersecurity clients. Not every every journalist is going to know what FIDO, U2F, and MFA stand for. So you just got to, you know, mm. understand, get the message across really quickly, and um, make sure it's relevant. Yeah, that's it. Don't don't bury the lead. Keep it clean. Keep it straight to the point. Um, and and for everyone out there that's trying to write a press release for that, actually, using um, someone like Louise, um, don't tell your entire life story. Don't try and write the. <laughs> write the story for the journalist that that's what they're for just give them what they need and let them write the story yeah and a fair few of the journalists we've had on have all said keep it simple and keep it short you know 
they get a lot of pitches every day and they don't have time to read through reams and reams of, of, um, of emails. Mm -hmm. The other thing that um, we've also seen a lot is um, they, they said the subject line is quite important to them because it can let them know if it is a pitch. Have you found that at all? Always like putting pitch in the subject line, has that, has that helped on occasion or being very kind of clear in that part of the email? Has that, has that helped you? Yeah, I think we, we if we have, we'll say what it is in capitals, usually something like news or, mm -hmm. or pitch, and then the rest is in lowercase. Um, but yeah, making sure that it fits on the line, you know, that it doesn't go over as well. So that that very short message, they've often won't even open. I mean, the benefit of influencing is you can tell whether they've opened it or not. And um, usually that's a good judge of how interesting it was. So um, I think that, that you can then revise, you know, even if it's a, a, a client's media release that has a specific title, that doesn't mean that, that what, that's what the subject line in your email has to say. You can change it slightly. We actually, we quite often revise those to make them more interesting. I've got a presentation on, on best practice for writing press releases. And it's geared for businesses and people that are trying to do it themselves and trying to, before they start using people like Louise to actually execute properly, they're trying to, there's a gap between I need to do PR and I need I need I need sphere PR, I need Louise Roberts. Um, there's a bit of trying to get it right. Um, and two things I say. One, just skip straight to the part where you're hiring Louise. Um, but be, <laughs> if you can't get there today, um, there, there's a few key things that you must do. And my presentation put most people to sleep, but when everyone wakes up is when I start sharing all the tweets that I screen capture from journalists bitching about bad press releases that they've got. It, it, it's just a list of stuff that you would expect. It's just, you know, use their name, read read what they write, because as as always says, if you're sending if you're sending a, um, a case study stuff out to people that never run a case study, it's not going to get a run. It's just you're wasting their time and yours, and that means the next time you send them something that is relevant, they'll see your email and go, oh, you know. This guy just sends me junk. I'll, I'll skip over it. And you missed an opportunity. So, yeah, do the reading and um, get the spelling of their name right um, and uh, include your phone number and email. That sounds wildly obvious, but um, turns out no. Definitely. Yeah, We've, I think... Sorry, go on. Go on, Lise. I think, I think, yeah, that's exactly right, getting the spelling right. My, people often spell my name wrong. <laughs> Um, we've spoken a lot about what to do and, and the right things to do. Let's get into a little bit of what we should avoid. And Avril's got a question for us and they ask, hi, Mike and Louise, are there don'ts for PRs to avoid when pitching? Um, yes, I think um, I think quality rather than quantity. You know, actually uh, journalists in, in Australia and publications prefer exclusives these days. So... Really think about offering an, uh, you know, either an article or an interview or, or news story or whatever it is, uh, to one publication first. Um, it can go out to others later, but you're more likely to get a much better result if you do that. And um, you know, relevance is crucial, as I've said before. Make sure that it's going to be relevant to that publication. Um, some media in Australia um, don't respect embargoes, and some of our US clients use that quite regularly so we actually don't do embargoes anymore because uh, we've just been gonna ask down. you do you do you say yes or no to embargo releases no we we, we don't 
we won't yeah. do them. With the only time we'll do a, a, an apps, if, if there's a very complex report, like a security report or something, mm. we sometimes send those out in advance so that they can be viewed and gone through and then an interview will happen a few days later. But we generally do not do embargoed stories anymore because they, they get broken here. So we just don't do them. Um, yeah, and um, you know, if you're gonna sell something as an exclusive, make sure that you keep it as an exclusive. And if you say, for example, like us, we work with a lot of clients across Australia and New Zealand. So we'll um, sell them, a, you know, pitch them a piece of content, like an article. And um, if that needs to then go to New Zealand as well, we will tweak that so that it's different um, and it's relevant to New Zealand. So, you know, the title would be completely different. The opening paragraph and quite a few of the bits through are relevant to New Zealand media. So, you know, just make sure you don't sell two pieces twice that are supposed to be exclusive. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, the media will respect you for going the extra mile. So um, I think that, you know, if you're prepared to go out of your way to help them with something, then they will remember that and they'll remember you and they'll pick up the phone and they'll answer your emails and, you know, they'll remember you next time. Um, from, from a journalist perspective, and um, the, probably the most important thing is to, to not ghost the journalist. Hmm. Once you've, the press release isn't the end of that interaction, it should be the, the start of it. So if, you know, you, you want something to be to be run in, you know, whether it's Australian, the Fin Review, or if it's um, something a little more niche in a, in a, a much more targeted market, quite often journalists these days, because most um, press releases are sent out far and wide, they want something that's going to set their story apart. So you might not necessarily be offering an exclusive, but, you know, some journalists, journalists will go, okay, everyone's going to have the same quotes. I want my own quote. And yeah. if you're not prepared for that, then you might lose the story with some people. Um, I'll just jump in here with, with one of my don'ts because um, <laughs> I can't help it. Um, and again, I'm, I'm going to step down from the more nuanced stuff. Don't just attach a PDF of a press release to an email. Don't, don't do that. It doesn't matter if it's a great story. PDFs are really hard to interact with the content that's in there. Journalists hate it. Don't do it. Um, uh, if you must attach it because the client insists that you attach it, sure, attach it, but don't rely on it as a communications platform. Um, and if you've got a photo and it's of a person, then send it because why not? If you equip journalists with every piece of content that's related to the topic, um, then they don't have to back and forth with you to get it. If there's a link that's relevant included in the email, again, that way you're giving them everything that they need to just quickly act on whatever it is that you've sent them rather than going, gee, you know, this is actually interesting, but I don't know enough about Bob or the story or I can't, there's nowhere for me to go next after I've got this email. If you give them all that off the bat, um, they're more likely to use you. In fact, um, Journalists are 54% more likely to flat out open an email if there's a photo attached to it that's in any way relevant to the story. So give Louise photos and send them on all your emails. Yeah. That's it. We, we, photographs are so important, particularly for something like an appointment release. You couldn't send one without it. So, um, you know, some of our, some of our um, tech stories have actually got really prominent coverage over something you know, a bigger brand, say in the Australian, because we sent great photos to go with it. Um, so, you know, I've seen that happen time and time again. So um, just make sure your photos are good and high resolution as well. So 
um, just make sure that that's available. Journalists are time poor, so just do them a favor and provide the information, make it easy to find. And, um, and if they do ask for something else, just reply very quickly. And uh, Louise, earlier you mentioned that, you know, you tweak um, releases depending on the market you're going to. And Jericho has got a question along those lines and they ask, what's the difference between a B2B strategy and B2C and how can you translate B2B to B2C and vice versa? Well, it depends. I mean, we've got some clients that are focused on both markets. Um, so I think you have to be pretty careful. Like we've, we work with a company called Ubico and it's got a security key that can be used by individuals and also large enterprises, um, you know, and everything in between. You know, we've just got to make sure that um, we're not too technical when we're selling to the consumer media with that because you know they're not going to understand you know security protocols and things like that what you really need to go to with consumer media is to talk about the pain point you know what is it that you want to avoid you want to avoid people going into your um your mobile phone and you know being able to get access to your google account and potentially even your bank account and steal money from you so that's what you really need to you know talking about ransomware and you know phishing and things like that uh, when you're going to the technical media, then obviously the the sell is a lot more specific to whatever that you know new announcement is, and it's you know if it's a cybersecurity uh, you know publication, they will know a lot more. So it's just really tailoring it to you know, and we will send out when we send out a release, we send it out slightly different versions and even as you know slightly different um, pitch and maybe even different photos according to who's getting it. So. Yeah, I would, I would make sure you know who you're sending it to and, and tailor it to that. Uh, and, and just finally, I'll take the, the last audience question here from Yasmin, and it's a bit more general here. Um, what is your best advice to starting out in the industry? I would definitely make sure that you get every opportunity you can to meet people in the industry and journalists. So as I said before, there's an event coming up called the Lizzie's. You know, uh, when I first moved to Australia, I went to what used to be called the Media Connect events within a couple of months of being here. Um, I got to meet a very, you know, a large number of the, you know, target journalists from my industry in a very short space of time, you know, made some good, really good contacts very quickly. You know, I would make sure that you find opportunities to network with those journalists. And, you know, and, and if it's face-to-face, -face, great, but if it's not, just, um, you know, attend events online that they go to, uh, make sure you're seen um, and connect with them on LinkedIn. And I think that that's um, a great start. The other thing would be to make sure that you, you do as much training as you can to understand, you know, all the different elements of PR and, you know, what the best approach is and, you know, and uh, um, listen to blog, uh, go, what, read blogs and listen to podcasts about the industry. And, and you know, I think that you just need to absorb as much as you can. Yeah. All, all of that. I mean, it's, it's, it's a contact sport. You know, the, the more contacts you have with people, the, the closer those contacts get the better you're going to do in the industry. So don't be shy, pick up a phone, go to a go to an event, um, you know, get, get in people's faces and understand what they need. You know, what did Ted Lasso say? Be curious, get out there and be curious. Yeah, yeah. It can be hard, you know, confidence-wise, it can be hard when you're young to just walk up to a somebody and introduce yourself. But, you know, you, the, the, the benefits of doing that are amazing. So I would, you know, bite the bullet 
be confident and you know approach people and introduce yourself it may not go much further than that but next time you email them they remember your name and they may listen to what you what it is you're pitching excellent fantastic before we let you go louise um is can you give yourself a little bit of a plug and, and speak here yeah, so uh, we're a boutique PR um, agency based in Sydney. We're a tech specialist, so out and out tech technology from the start. So um, hardware, software, mostly B2B, but some B2C. And um, yeah, we'll, um, you know, we're account director level and above. We actually all um, work from our own individual homes. Um, that has been working really well for us. Um, we've got very long-term loyal clients and, um, you know, um, we just get great results for our clients and make sure that they're happy. So um, uh, we've got a reputation for that and um, that's why clients stay with us. And that's, you know, thank you for listening and um, good luck what's, with everything. What's the uh, best email to catch you on if anyone here wants to send you an email? It's louise, L-O-U-I-S-E, at spherepr.com.au, S-P-H-E-R-E-P-R.com.au. You fantastic. Um, Mike, did you want to have a, a quick last word? Thank you so much, Louise, for coming on. Um, please call Louise if you <laughs> need to get started in PR, which you definitely do. Um, yeah. Um, and if, yeah, yeah, reach out to Louise. I just put my email up there as well if you guys got any questions. So um, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. No worries. Thank you both for joining us this afternoon. Thanks, guys. All right, so we'll catch you later. Okay. And thank you very much for joining us this afternoon on Influencing Insider. That was Louise Roberts from Sphere PR and Mike Woodcock from Media Connect. Both their emails are in the chat box right now. You heard Louise talking about the Lizzie's. That's the IT Journalism Awards brought to you by Samsung Australia. You can go to www.thelizzies.com. Tickets are available at the moment. They're running in on the 14th of December on a Tuesday night at Luna Park, so you can grab tickets now. Um, if you wanted to catch this episode or any of our previous 100 plus episodes, you can go to influencing.com forward slash insider. Just sign up for free there and you can have a look at all of our previous episodes. Otherwise, uh, our roughly our most uh, recent 20 episodes are available in podcast form. We're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts, we are there. Uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, I'm Elliot Richardson. Bye for now.